Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 56. My name is Samuel Adams, and this is a weekly show dedicated entirely to the world of Xbox, bringing you everything you need to know to keep yourself in the loop. So if you are new to the show and you enjoy what you see or what you hear, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, add the show to your podcast feed of choice, and get it delivered right to you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Now, before we dive into today's show, which is going to be taking a look at some of the announcements from the Xbox Showcase Extended and dig into some more of the big news that we might have kind of glimpsed over over the course of the past couple of weeks with all of these Summer Game Fest festivities, I did want to give a special thank you to the team at Project X Talk as well as Playconomics, two different podcasts that had me on last week. We had some fantastic conversations around the Xbox Showcase primarily, but digging into a lot of these announcements and really enjoying and celebrating this show overall. So I'll have both of those most recent episodes linked down below if you would like to go check those out. Fantastic teams on both sides, and again, thank you so much for having me on. I also wanted to give a special welcome to anybody checking out the show for the first time today after seeing me on a podcast last week or maybe after seeing a TikTok or a YouTube short. However, you made your way here. I really do appreciate you being here with me. But that's enough sentimentality for today. Is that a word? I think it is. Either way, let's go ahead and dive into today's top news. Last week's Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase gave us a pretty comprehensive look at everything coming to Xbox over the course of the next 12 months. Now, needless to say, there will be some surprises, but if you want to see the high-level overview of the biggest announcements, Exhibition Episode number 55 is the show for you. But a couple of days later, we saw another event with the Xbox Game Showcase Extended hosted on June the 14th that gave us a deeper dive into some of the biggest announcements from the main show, but on top of that also gave some new smaller announcements, time to breathe, and some time in the limelight. So I thought that we would start off today's show by digging into a blog on the Xbox Wire that gives you a list of everything announced during the show, or at least the majority of announcements. Now, if you want to see the entire conversation, it's still up on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you might get your videos, but everything started off with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is a new game that is an asymmetrical horror game coming out to consoles and PC, and it is going to be coming to Game Pass on day one. This, to me, is pretty much Dead by Daylight with a Texas Chainsaw Massacre skin on it. It's fine to me, and we see this trend of asymmetrical horror games really continuing to be prevalent in 2022. Like I said, Dead by Daylight was a big one. Friday the 13th, the game was a big one a couple of years ago. Uh, But on top of that, recently we've seen the launch of the Evil Dead game. And we also have Ghostbusters coming out that's going to take this similar kind of approach. Uh, So I do think that this game being on Game Pass gives it a chance. And I think back to Back for Blood, uh, which of course launched in 2021. It was a solid experience, but I don't think it really was the Left 4 Dead modernization that anybody really had hoped that it would be. But with that game being on Game Pass, it had a chance. And I think it made a splash at least for a couple of weeks. Now, did it have a long tail on it? No. Are people still talking about it and playing it actively on Twitch in a big way? Or is it still a big part of the community conversation? No. Unfortunately, it is not. But it certainly reached more people and it had a community on day one because it was on Game Pass. 
That's the kind of situation I see with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because where the Evil Dead will also die out, likely in a couple of weeks if it hasn't already, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre will come, it'll be on Game Pass, people will dive in, and at least you'll have those people on day one that are ready and waiting to play the game, where they might be a little hesitant to drop between 30 and 40 bucks, or it could be a full-priced game, I haven't checked, uh, but this immediately takes out that barrier to entry and you immediately just have people ready and waiting to play on day one. So glad to see that's happening. But on top of that, we also have Valheim coming to PC Game Pass later this year, and it's launching on Xbox into Game Pass on day one in 2023. That's a big deal, my friends, because Valheim came out in 2021 and it really did take the PC world by storm. This is a game that really had its moment in the spotlight on Twitch very briefly. Uh, but even outside of that brief moment in time, you saw this game kind of rise to fame and it still is one that is very positively received by the PC community. Now, it's outside of the PC space. The Xbox stuff is cool. Glad to see it coming to Game Pass as well. And I hope that it plays well. But when it comes to the PC Game Pass inclusion, I think that's what's interesting about this specific story, because as I said last week, you see Microsoft shifting their approach for PC Game Pass by taking the Xbox branding out of it and associating it directly with PC gaming rather than Xbox gaming on PC. That's one element. But then you have partnerships that are really bringing experiences to players on PC that they really do already want to have or that they are already having. So like with the Riot Games partnership, that immediately gets your Valorant players, your League players, that's a pretty big part of the PC gaming community, and you make a splash in that way. Now Valheim coming to PC Game Pass, I think is a similar kind of situation. I said this on Project X Talk earlier this week, but Vampire Survivors, yeah, it's a small $5 game, but it is a big game in the indie space on PC. Uh, so to see them making these kind of moves, I think is a fantastic example of how Microsoft is catering Game Pass to fit the needs of people on each individual platform. You have cloud gamers getting touchscreen support for a lot of the biggest games on the service. You have console players continuing to get new uh, benefits and perks through Game Pass, but on top of that, those day one releases and, of course, console exclusives. Then you have PC players getting those day one exclusives that console players get, but on top of that, also seeing these third-party games and third-party services come into the mix that they already do use and that would actually give them more value for their subscription. So Valheim is a great example of that. Of course, we talked about the Microsoft Flight Simulator updates, and on top of that, a couple of new uh, vehicles are making their way into the game. We also saw the Pelican inclusion uh, in Microsoft Flight Simulator from the Halo franchise. Cool stuff there. I'm not going to touch on it too much now, but there are plenty of new points of interest, uh, new 3D cities to explore, plenty of good news there for the Aviator fans there. Fall Guys is where things get interesting for me. Now, Fall Guys is a game that is going to be launching later this month outside of the PlayStation ecosystem. And on top of that, it's going free to play. That's a very, very big deal uh, because I think this game is going to have its moment in the spotlight once again this summer. 
thanks to setting up its in-game economy similar to Fortnite in a way, where the experience itself is not locked behind any kind of paywall. But you do have battle passes, if I remember correctly, and you also have skins. Both of those are very appealing to me because of the fact that there is a Master Chief skin in Fall Guys now that personally caters to everything that I want from a Jelly Bean Battle Royale game. I want to waddle around as Master Chief in this bean world and try and earn crowns. This is something that I am absolutely diving into. And there is also an in-game event coming with the Spartan Showdown from June 30th to July 4th in Fall Guys after it launches later this month. You can grab some goods. You can customize your wardrobe. Plenty of cool opportunities to dig into the game there. So really nice to see that all happening there. Uh, But that's pretty much everything the blog really touches on. And I think that this was a smaller show overall the necessity of it could be discussed but this again is an event that is designed around that hardcore community those deeply ingrained xbox fans that want more conversations around their favorite games outside of what was shown off during the xbox game showcase extended let's look back on this week's events and just confront the fact that we did not see any Fable, did not see any Avowed, and did not see any Halo Infinite. Now, there is more to be said about what was not there, but those three experiences left me wanting more. Because now we have two years with a very diverse slate of announcements, both of which have games that are still pending when it comes to release dates. We have timeframes for a lot of things now, but we do not have games in hand. And so Avowed and Fable... I think those are further out, and I think that what Xbox might be setting up here is this kind of staggered approach, similar to Call of Duty development in a way, uh, where you might have these games shown off in 2021, then you have these games shown off in 2022, the 2021 games come out in 2023, hypothetically, and then the 2022 games come out in 2024. It's a staggered kind of announcement, release, announcement, release. That's something that could happen, uh, but... I will say, turning towards Halo Infinite, there needs to be some kind of Halo event later this summer, because that game, while it's not in the same tier for Battlefield 2042 as me, we need more information on what is coming as far as campaign expansions, as far as what is coming in Season 3, because as it stands right now, we still have two new maps since this game launched, and on top of that, uh, we have some new game modes that have come and made a pretty big splash, but the content is still lacking overall. Uh, I have stopped playing Halo Infinite after many, many months and hundreds of hours of playing the game. Uh, I have turned my attention towards Diablo, playing that a little bit co-op and just kind of exploring Game Pass. But Infinite is starting to uh, lose my attention. So I would love to be able to see what is planned for this world. What is coming for campaign expansions? I mean, the first anniversary of the game is going to be here before we know it. What all is planned? That's kind of what I would love to see later on this summer. Uh, And TBD, if that will indeed be the case. We've talked before about how Joe Staten has hinted at the fact that some legacy maps could be returning, so that could be something that's a bit of a summer secret, uh, still slated for release in a couple of weeks, but I don't want to get my hopes up too high yet, because that is completely and totally just speculation, and roadmaps could change, so we will just have to wait and see on that one. Overall, looking back at the week, uh, like I said, I have my qualms around the lack of updates on existing games that we know are coming out and that are in development. But as a whole, 
I think this is a great 12-month lineup. I think that this gives players plenty to look forward to. I love the third-party integrations into Game Pass. I think that Microsoft is getting ready to make an even bigger splash in the PC gaming space. No complaints from me outside of the lack of updates on existing projects like State of Decay 2, Avowed, Fable, Halo Infinite, which is out there in the wild. I would love to have even just seen a quick little glimpse at something in the same way we saw the Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels announcement. Give me something like that. But enough complaining from me. Like I said, I rate this entire show an 8 out of 10. The Xbox Game Showcase Extended, gonna bump that one down to like a 6. That was a meeting that could have been an email, but ultimately, that's what we had for game announcements and news earlier this week. Over the past couple of weeks, we have been talking a lot about the Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase, but unfortunately, I have left Capcom out in the cold. I have not discussed any of the big Capcom news outside of Street Fighter VI making its way to Xbox, which is, again, in episode number 55, but in short, phenomenal news to see the fighting game back on the platform. What we haven't discussed is the Resident Evil news, which we got more of this week anyway, and Dragon's Dogma, which is getting a sequel after 10 years. So starting off with the Resident Evil news, not only do we have Resident Evil Village DLC on the way for this October, we also have Resident Evil 4 Remake, which has been officially confirmed and is on the way. With the Resident Evil 4 Remake... I'm loving what I'm seeing. This follows Resident Evil 2 and 3, which both got remakes a couple of years back, uh, and those are some phenomenal games, and they have also recently been upgraded to next-gen experiences with some improved frame rates, improved resolutions. This is the perfect time to go back and check those out, especially Resident Evil 2 Remake. I think looking back, I might have even been more keen on Resident Evil 3 just because it felt much more colorful and alive. Uh, But again, Resident Evil isn't really supposed to be about being alive now, is it? However, the Resident Evil news is great because we see Resident Evil 4, which is kind of a mixed reception entry or or an entry in the franchise that got mixed reception uh, get not only a new coat of paint through an entire remake but also some slight modernizations now what this means is that similar to resident evil 2 and 3 these were not legitimate ground up rebuilds of the original games these are modernizations and remakes so you had resident evil 2 shift and go much more modern in terms of the gameplay itself it feels like an over-the-shoulder third-person shooter that it is Uh, now with resident evil 4 remake we see that same kind of approach but on top of that you also have the added benefit of leon being able to walk while aiming his gun things like that that just make the experience feel like something that would be at home in 2022 or 2023 so that's all well and good there's a gameplay trailer you're watching right now i'm a big fan of what i'm seeing and can't wait to dive into that one but on top of that if you do want to check out resident evil village dlc there is some on the way coming out this october we have the shadows of rose dlc launching that follows the story of ethan winter's daughter 15 years after the events of the main game Interestingly, this is something that is going to be in third person, and on top of that, there is a third person mode coming to Resident Evil Village to kind of add something new to the game uh, that we haven't seen in this new slate of games like Resident Evil 7. So, 
all of that being considered, great opportunity to dive in. There is a new edition of the game coming that includes the DLC as well. If you want to check out the entire experience all at once, or you can buy it individually. Uh, there are also a couple of updates to Resident Evil Village's Mercenaries mode, and you're also going to be seeing Reverse launch this October as well. Uh, but October looks like a fantastic month because the DLC is launching on October the 28th on top of all of these quality of life improvements and the third person mode as well. Uh, so we will see more. There is a trailer that you're looking at right now, uh, but exciting times to be a horror fan. Because not only do you have Resident Evil Village DLC on the way, you also have a remake of Resident Evil 4 confirmed, and the Callisto Protocol coming out later this year, Dead Space remake coming out soon, you have Scorn, which looks disgusting and scary. It's a great time to be a fan of scary games. But in addition to this, if you want to take a look back, as I mentioned earlier, Resident Evil 2 and 3 are both getting next-gen upgrades out now. On top of that, 7 is also getting those next-gen quality of life improvements. So fantastic stuff there, and I think that is a great lineup for this October, specifically when the game launches with Reverse, which is the multiplayer game as well. Uh, lots of big updates for Resident Evil fans coming down the pike. Capcom said, whoa, 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 we are not stopping there. Resident Evil is good. Street Fighter 6 is great. We are giving the people what they want, and that is Dragon's Dogma 2. Now, for those that don't know, this is an action RPG, and I actually have not played the first Dragon's Dogma. This is a game that was released back in 2012. It was then re-released with some new content and the next-gen upgrade, of course, in uh, 2016 for the PS4 and the Xbox One, and then we also saw it come to the Switch in 2019. Now, Dragon's Dogma 2 is being built from the ground up in the RE engine, so it's probably a bit off from now, uh, but it is nice to see that this cult classic is getting some love, and it's one that I'm planning to jump back into because it is on sale for $4.50 on Xbox right now. A lot of people have been hoping for some FPS boost love, uh, maybe a next-gen update for this one. TBD on that, no news to share right now, but... Very exciting to see that this cult classic ARPG is getting some love with Dragon's Dogma 2 officially confirmed. Starfield closed out the show during last week's Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase, but Todd Howard sat down with IGN later in the week to look beyond the stars and talk more about what the company had coming in the future. And we ultimately got the confirmation of what a lot of people had kind of expected. Starfield is up next. Elder Scrolls 6 will then release, and Fallout 5 will come after that. That's the next three big ones from Bethesda Game Studios. Now, with that being taken into account, there are also projects that they're looking at between these games. The direct quote from Todd from IGN says, quote, Yes, Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-production, and you know we are going to be doing Fallout 5 after that, so our slate's pretty full going forward for a while. We have some other projects that we look at from time to time as well. He continues, Fallout's really part of our DNA here. We've worked with other developers from time to time. I can't say what's going to happen. You know, we have a one-pager on Fallout 5, what we want to do, end quote. So that's effectively the extent of Fallout 5 planning, a one-pager of an idea. Elder Scrolls 6 is in pre-planning, so I see this as going potentially two ways, or three really. Uh, you have the development being done in-house, and it will take a very, very long time. You could get Fallout 5 on the next generation of consoles. That's kind of the way that I see this one. Or... They outsource development and they partner with a third party that could be bringing the game out much, much sooner 
but at what cost? This is going to be uh, kind of a headache, depending on how you look at it. It could be a lot more to handle uh, and manage for the team at Bethesda if there is an external partner. Now, of course, that being said, we see what happened uh, with Fallout New Vegas. That's a very, very beloved game in the franchise, so TBD on that. Or the two companies could collaborate, they could bring in external help, and it could be a little bit longer than a total outsource, but then it would be sooner released than having the entire thing in-house, if that makes sense. Uh, And again, this is all just from my outsider's perspective, so you let me know what you think in the comment section down below. But it is nice to see transparency that this is the case, this is the plan, and that's what to expect from Bethesda over the course of, I would say, the next 10 years. To round out today's show, I had two pieces of news that I wanted to put on your radar. The first of which is that if you're like me and you play on a mid-range PC for your PC gaming experiences, you might often run into the situation of saying, oh, I can't run this anymore. This is sad. Uh, Well, now the Xbox app lets you know when those sad experiences are on the way because now a performance indicator has been added to let you know how well games will play before you download them. So for me, a game like Forza Horizon 5 might run horrendously on my machine, but a game like Tunic might run very, very well. Uh, Now there is actually a disclaimer below the games saying how well a game runs as compared to other PCs of similar specs. This is very good. The next step for me would be a full compatibility checker. I think that would be nice to see a deeper breakdown, but for a high-level overview of seeing how well games will run at a glance, I think this is a fantastic improvement. So dive in, give it a shot if you do play on PC, and you subscribe to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Great way to do that and explore that library at the same time. Speaking of exploring that library, the ID at Xbox Summer Game Fest demo event is coming June 21st through June 27th, and this is giving you access to over 30 demos of upcoming unreleased games for the Xbox Series X, S, and the Xbox One. Now, a couple of notes from Jessica Ronald, the ID at Xbox Events and Community Management Lead over on the Xbox Wire. These demos are only going to be on the Xbox dashboard for a week. Some might come back later, but these are only going to be available now. The developers would love your feedback to help them shape their craft. Then, these game demos are not the norm. These are almost completed, and they are built after the game is completed, or nearly completed. So, this is pretty much a direct representation of the final product, but not necessarily indicative of the final product. So, you're going to be seeing some games early. They might get a couple of tweaks along the way, but it's a pretty good idea of what you'll get once they finally hit those store shelves. Uh, So, plenty of games to dig into and explore. There's also the Steam uh, demo event going on right now i think it's the steam game fest correct me if i'm wrong in the comments uh but i've been digging into some phenomenal games over there so plenty of really cool experiences just to check out a couple of months maybe even a year or so early uh before they hit the shelves definitely dig in give it a shot you'll likely find maybe your next favorite over in that pile of over 30 demos to experience cool stuff That wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you enjoy the show, you like what you see or what you hear, be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, add the show to your podcast feed of choice, and get everything delivered to you directly on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. But as I said at the beginning, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week, and I will talk to you soon. And remember, keep on playing.